Chapter 4 Then Her Restricted My best friend Nina was waiting for me at the airport. It was too early in the morning to get into why I was late so I greeted her with a smile and apologised for the obvious. Besides, I hadn't had my morning coffee, my antidote to almost anything, but I guess Nina would have to substitute as she was always so upbeat. She was also always punctual and never missed an opportunity to tell me it was because her father had been a headmaster, suggesting that somehow punctuality was a guaranteed trait. I always found it funny, of course, because if my memory serves me right, my headmaster was always late to school, simply because he thought the whole school should wait for him. His favourite quote being, The early bird catches the worm, but the second mouse gets the cheese. Probably in his case, getting the cheese was a good thing, although somehow I don't think he realised he was doing more harm than good because we mostly got detention, not cheese. In any case, we were on time for our flight, and by the gleeful bounce in her step, I could tell Nina was happy to be going along on the trip. Our journey was approximately 13 and a half hours, and yet we arrived just in time for lunch. Kuala Lumpur was a beautiful city, even in the daytime. I'd heard the hospitality was exceptional, and the culture and the people and just how friendly they were, so I was looking forward to seeing it for myself and experiencing every wonderful bit of it. I'd slept mostly during the journey, so I was upbeat and very alert when we arrived at our hotel. No need for coffee. The luxurious four-star hotel was in the heart of the city, which was an advantage for my journeys to the conference and back, which I understood was only a couple of blocks away. Nina was even more pleased because she wouldn't have much travelling to do with her shopping bags. She loved to shop and could spend an entire day looking for bargains. Early on in our friendship, she'd realised that I wasn't much of a shopper, so luckily for me, I'd been spared the ordeal of spending day-long trips looking for bargains. But I have to admit, some of it had rubbed off on me, and on an occasion or two, I'd found myself staring through magazines or shop windows with the intent to spot the bargain items just on time. Yes, my friend Nina, it turned out, was a shopaholic. I'd given her credit for always being such great company and honestly, my best option for this trip. She was a smart and beautiful single young lady who wasn't afraid to have a bit of fun and on occasions when I needed a pick-me-up, she would be first on my list to call. Welcome to the Grand Height, began the overture. The gentleman was dressed in a smart suit and had a business look about him. Apart from getting paid to do this, I was certain he enjoyed it. This beautiful multi-storey building contains 850 rooms. His voice trailed off as he led the guests to the reception area to ascertain which rooms they had the usual hotel procedure. We followed too and couldn't help but notice how many people there were, but whether or not they were also attended conferences was a mystery. Nina, of course, was busy scanning through the crowd of men as they passed and ticking her invisible credentials box while smiling to herself. She was also very confident. Over the years, 
I tried to pair her up with a couple of Caleb's friends, much to his disapproval, but it seemed she liked to look for bargains in men too. She wanted all the great qualities, but none of the rough edges that tagged along. Her parents had migrated from India to England when she was a toddler, and she spent her childhood and teen years mostly in the company of her family, which meant a strict and closely marked environment. Nina had intended to free herself the minute she had the opportunity. She had done exactly that when she went to university, she told me, and decided never to allow anyone to restrict her again. She reminded me of my auntie Na, my father's sister, and so I decided to call her Na too. KK didn't quite appreciate her as much as I did. He felt she was not a good influence on me because of her lifestyle, and I'd explained to him that she was simply free-spirited, but of course, Caleb had high expectations. A few times we'd been out, Caleb had experienced the carefree behaviour at which he'd almost reprimanded her. Nina, after a few drinks, had approached a couple of young men and asked for a dance. We'd all thought it was funny at first because we knew she couldn't dance and we knew it wouldn't be a good sight, but in his discomfort, Caleb had decided to intercept and told her to get a grip. He'd always been vocal about his feelings towards her, seemingly in a polite manner, but I personally would have put his polite manner in the same category as straight talk. It was rude, and I'd told him. Still, she was my friend and I cared about her deeply, and I'd taken it upon myself to explain to her some of the consequences of her careless behaviour. But she always brushed it aside and said she was who she was and didn't feel she needed to be monitored, restricted or judged. I didn't, couldn't really argue with that. After all, neither I nor Caleb were close to being perfect ourselves, so I settled with boredom being the contributing factor as well as to her shopping sprees. She was and would remain my girl and I loved her no matter what. We'd actually met by chance, although my mum always says there's nothing like chance and that all things are by the plan and will of God. I debated it, of course. That was another story for another day. It was just after my internship at the Post newspaper. It was only a small paper, not as well recognised as the others, but I'd been offered a job as assistant editor, and to celebrate my friends Lauren and Effie were meeting me for lunch at Covent Garden. As I waited on the platform for my tube at Holborn, I looked down the platform and saw someone standing very close to the edge, a lady holding onto her chest as she continued to move forward. I quickly rushed to her aid as I noticed no one else was attempting to help which was typical and didn't surprise me in the least. As I neared her, I noticed she was having trouble breathing and quickly deduced that it was possibly an asthma attack. It could also have been an anxiety attack, and boy, did I know all about those. But I approached cautiously and asked if she was okay. She shook her head and waved her hand to indicate not, and still holding on to her, I gently pulled her away from the edge and sat her down on a bench close by. I asked if she had an inhaler but she said no and continued to take short breaths. A few moments later, she was back to herself and I introduced myself. She did the same and also insisted she was fine. I asked if there was anyone I could call for her, not that I could get a signal on my phone but she declined anyway and insisted again that she was fine. 
I gave her my card without my newly acquired title. I still had a few left over from a batch I'd made during an entrepreneurship course I'd taken a while back and left her to board the newly arrived tube with uncertainty. A week later, I received a call from her and that was the beginning of our friendship. In the years to follow, Nina too would insist that it was God who brought me to her that afternoon.